Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in tonight for Ryan Recker. Hey, uh, Ryan should be back next week. And uh, so I'm always happy when he lets me sit here in the big chair and fill in for him on, on Overnight America. If you want to uh, reach out to me at any time, I've already gotten a few emails tonight, so I appreciate that. If you want to send me an email, my email address, beyoung at harrisdowell.com, H-A-R-R-I-S. D is in David, O-W-E-L-L. That's my email address for my law firm, Harris, Dowell, Fisher, and Young. And uh, Or certainly you could call in this evening, 314-436-7900. That's call or text. Uh, it was funny during the break. Uh, someone texted in and texted in and said, "Most guys are big babies when they are sick or hurt." Uh, you know, I don't look at it as being a big baby. I look at it as men are so complex that. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Now wait, Mike. Don't start laughing yet, Mike. Let me get this out. That men are so complex. We're like complicated machinery, and then when something small goes wrong, it messes up the entire complexity of the machinery. I mean, if you look at look at the International Space Station, there's millions of parts. Everything has to work in concert together to make the magic happen. And, and, and face it, that's the life of every man, right? We make the magic happen. And so to make that magic happen, it's got to be working. And if there's some cog that gets in the gears, it just doesn't work. And, of course, I'm being completely facetious uh, because my wife will remind me of how many things I, in fact, get wrong. So, yes, I'm being facetious. Uh, there's lots of other things in the news today. Uh, but if you've got some Dr. Google experiences where you've Googled some conditions, I would certainly like to, to hear about it this evening. Uh, one of the things that happened this week that I just loved and I, I briefly talked about it in uh, last hour. But the Mars rover, you know, the Mars rover that's on, of course, Mars, uh, the Perseverance, the helicopter is called Ingenuity. And it flew for the first time, I believe it was uh, Monday or Tuesday of this week. It flew for the second time today. 
And you may be sitting there thinking, you know, so what? A helicopter flew on another planet, whoop-de-doo. But you've got to understand the physics of helicopters because here on Earth, a helicopter cannot fly at higher than about 10,000 feet. That's why you can't fly a helicopter to the top of Mount Everest, right? I mean, that's what I would do. It'd be fly up there in a helicopter and you get out on the top and you go, Woo, hey, I made it to the top of Everest. You can't do that because a helicopter can't go that high. But on the surface of Mars, it has the atmosphere compared to Earth at about 200,000 feet. As a, and if a helicopter can't fly at 10,000 feet, it most certainly can't fly at 200,000 feet because the air is just too thin. So literally NASA had to invent a new kind of helicopter to fly on another planet. And they did it. And it wouldn't even fly properly on Earth because it was designed to fly in, in a Martian environment. Also, Mars has, I believe, only 38% of the gravity that Earth does. So they had to design it in such a way to fly in that atmospheric condition. But also it had to be 100% autonomous because it takes about eight minutes for radio signals to go to Mars and it takes about eight to ten minutes for them to come back. So you can't fly something if there's a 20-minute delay time in flying the copter. So it had to fly itself. And NASA pulled it off. And it's just phenomenal. But here to me is the coolest part. I don't know if you heard this part, but embedded on the Ingenuity helicopter is a small piece of fabric from the Wright Brothers' first plane that flew as a commemorative event to commemorate like the first flight on Earth. This is the first flight on Mars. And so the, 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 the helicopter is carrying that little piece of fabric from the Wright Brothers' aircraft. And I just read this today. NASA has called the, the little landing area where the helicopter is currently taking off and landing from. They're calling that Wright Brothers Field on Mars. So there is actually what's called Wright Brothers Field on Mars. And it took off. So this uh, helicopter is going to have at least, hopefully, another three or four test flights. It's not really designed to accomplish any science. It's a, it's a technology demonstrator. So the, the one that took off earlier this week didn't have much in terms of taking a photograph, so we didn't get to see any cool pictures. But the one that took off today should be sending us back color photographs as it's flying on Mars. To me, that is just about the coolest thing I've seen in my lifetime, and it's only going to get better. So make sure you watch for those in the coming days. When we come back, from this break, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I think is one of the most important cases that will be at the Supreme Court this year, perhaps even one of the most important cases in decades when it comes to freedom of speech, which to me is one of the premier freedoms that we have in this country. Other countries don't have it. Just ask uh, Alexei Navalny in Russia. He doesn't have free speech. That's why he's in prison and he's probably going to die because he doesn't have free speech. We do. And one of the most important cases in the Supreme Court this term will be dealing with the free speech rights of students when it comes to social media. This case will be argued next week at the Supreme Court. I'll break it down for you so you can watch and see what will happen 
when the Supreme Court deals with social media. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker. We'll be back right after this. Dependable. Traffic and weather together on the 10s. Weekday mornings on The Voice of St. Louis. KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. And as I mentioned before the break, I want to go through what I think is perhaps one of the more important, maybe not the most, but one of the more important cases at the Supreme Court this year. It's going to be argued next Wednesday, April 28th, and it deals with the free speech rights of kids in school. Now, if you're not in school, you you may not think this is important to you. But this will set the stage for how we deal with free speech issues moving forward when it comes to social media for all of us. And I think social media free speech rights is going to be one of the preeminent legal issues of this decade because we're seeing social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, are banning people that they don't agree with. If you say something you don't like, you're banned. You're out. You're off. Uh, I thought it was fascinating that Laura Trump, who is, I believe, Eric Trump's wife, she is going to be running for some position. I don't recall what, but she actually had the voice of Donald Trump recorded in a speech that she was giving that was videoed and was playing on her Twitter page. And just having the voice of Donald Trump, not what he said, not the content of his speech, but simply the voice of Donald Trump caused Laura Trump to lose her Twitter account. I thought that was an amazing turn of events in a country that prizes and values free speech so highly. And now we've allowed these social media platforms to be the arbiters of truth in our society. And to me, it's disturbing. So let me set the stage for the Supreme Court case. I'm going to take you back to 1968. Now, I was two and a half years old at the time, so I don't really recall it from personal experience. But in 1968, of course, we know that there was a lot of Vietnam War protesting going on. And so kids were coming to school wearing black armbands to protest the Vietnam War. And when they were doing that, schools were kicking kids out of school. They weren't saying anything. They weren't yelling. They weren't screaming. They weren't burning down the 7-Eleven. They weren't doing that. They were just wearing armbands. And the schools kicked out some of these kids. And so these kids did the right thing. They hired a lawyer. That's always the right thing to do. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm being a bit uh, self-serving. But they hired an attorney and filed a lawsuit. This happened in Des Moines, Iowa. The case went all the way up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court held that schools cannot forbid, or rather, they they said that the schools could not prohibit students from exercising their First Amendment rights on school grounds unless they meet the following criteria. Unless that the speech would, and I'm quoting here, quote, would materially and substantially interfere with the requirements of appropriate discipline and in the operation of the school, unquote. So what does that mean in layman's terms? It means if someone wants to sit quietly with an armband and not disrupt the school, they can't be kicked out of school. But if what they're saying or wearing or the exercise of their free speech 
is disruptive to the school and prevents the school from functioning at that point in time, school officials can squelch the speech of the students. That's, in essence, what the Supreme Court said in 1969. Of course, there wasn't any social media in 1969. So fast forward to 2019. Here's what happens in 2019. This comes out of a school district in Pennsylvania. Girl was uh, trying out for the senior cheerleading squad. She was on the junior varsity. She was trying out for the varsity cheerleaders. She didn't make it. She didn't get it. They did not pick her for the varsity cheerleading team. So on a Saturday night, on her, I believe it was on her Instagram account, she sent an Instagram message to a select number of of her friends. It wasn't a wasn't like uh, some large number. It was it was single digits number of people that got this message, and she and I've, I'm obviously going to have to truncate it a bit here for radio, but she said something along the lines of, "F school, F cheerleading, F everything," and that was her text. Except it was an Instagram message. Went to a few people. Did not go to any school officials, did not go to the teachers, did not go to the cheerleading squad sponsor. It just went to a few of her friends. It was sent on her personal phone on a Saturday night, not while she was on school property. And that's the stage. Well, you know what happened because kids keep secrets very poorly. And so someone apparently took a screenshot of this instant Instagram message and then gave it to the cheerleading leadership, the cheerleading sponsor. And so once it got to the school, the kid, the, the student, the high school girl was expelled or suspended rather from school because of what she posted or what she sent out on her Instagram messaging to her personal friends on her personal phone on the weekend, not while she was on school property. And so the question becomes, in this age of social media, does this Tinker Standard, which is the Supreme Court case from 69 that says school officials can only prohibit speech if it would materially and substantially interfere with the operations of the school in a safe and appropriate manner, can the school district punish this cheerleader for what she said even though it wasn't even sent to school officials by her, only by extension by someone else. And so the Supreme Court decided to take this case, and I'm so glad that they did, because free speech in this area of social media, it's really on the vanguard. It's the cutting edge of where free speech is at today. I mean, everything we do, if you look at the the protests and George Floyd if you look at the riots in Washington, D.C. on January 6th and everything in between, for the most part, for the most part, it's organized on social media. And so this case will set the stage for what schools now can or cannot do with regard to prohibiting free speech. But I also see the court as using this, and I'm hoping that they use this as an opportunity to give us some guidance as to how this new form of mass media communication can operate in a democracy where government wants to squelch my speech, your speech, everyone's speech, if it goes against the norms that the government wants to uphold. 
whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Laura Trump, or whether it's some doctor who's saying that uh, hydroxychloroquine can actually work. I mean, I'm just throwing out examples. But to me, it's just unbelievable that speech can be squelched based on the content of their speech. You know, it was in the early 1970s that the ACLU represented uh, a, a KKK member and and actually went to court to allow this white supremacist the right to express his opinion. And the funny thing about that, when the ACLU did it, it was Jewish attorneys that the KKK at the time hated members of, uh, hated Jews at the time, and yet it was a Jewish attorney that represented them. And his point was, even though what this person says is reprehensible, I stand for the proposition that all people have the right to express their opinion. And the government doesn't have the right to squelch it. Well, I'm not sure the ACLU would take that position today. And that's unfortunate. So that's why when this case comes up, it's called the Manahoy Area School District. It's going to be at the Supreme Court next week. I want you to watch these oral arguments, or at least watch the the coverage of these oral arguments, so you can understand how we will be grappling with these issues of free speech with 21st century electronic social media, because it will set the stage literally for how we litigate these types of issues from this point forward. Hey, when we come back from the break, we've got some other things to talk about, including uh, the government's going to try to make you smoke more cigarettes. That you heard me correctly, they're going to try to make you smoke more cigarettes. Why on earth would they do that? Well, I'll tell you right after this break. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker on Overnight America. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 10.15, sponsored by Bath Fitter, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX.
Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young in for Ryan Recker this evening. And in the last segment, I was talking about social media and the case at the Supreme Court. And and what's interesting as far as what happened recently is you probably read, this is, uh, this is a couple of weeks ago, where uh, the case uh, of Donald Trump and Twitter, because he blocked people from his Twitter feed back when he was the president, and uh, some folks uh, filed a lawsuit over it about whether they could be blocked under free speech provisions of the First Amendment from commenting on Donald Trump's Twitter page because he was using it for his official duties as the president. And so now that he's no longer president, that case was on appeal, and the Supreme Court dismissed the case because it's now moot, uh, has no legal benefit to reach a decision in that case because he's no longer president. But what's interesting is this. Most times when courts dismiss cases, they don't really issue an opinion or they they don't really give much in terms of explanation. They just dismiss the case. But Justice Clarence Thomas, when this uh, Donald Trump case was dismissed, he actually attached an opinion to the dismissal, which is very odd. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I want to mention two parts from it because it ties in with what we were talking about in the last segment in terms of social media and how uh, our whole concept of freedom of speech is now being challenged because of the technical aspects of social media. So Clarence Thomas said this in talking about what we're now referring to collectively as the cancel culture, where people get kicked off of social media if the social media platforms don't agree with your speech. Here's what Clarence Thomas said. He said, there is a fair argument that some digital platforms are sufficiently akin to common carriers or places of accommodation to be regulated in this manner, Thomas wrote. Now, what's he talking about? Well, he's talking about this. As you well know, First Amendment only applies to the government. It doesn't apply to private companies. So if you come to my law firm and want to give a speech about how everything I'm saying on KMOX is wrong and I I don't know what I'm talking about, you're entitled to that opinion, but you're not entitled to express that opinion at my law firm. And I can ask you to leave because the First Amendment doesn't apply to a private company. So technically, the First Amendment doesn't apply to Twitter, doesn't apply to Facebook, doesn't apply to YouTube. But the growing consensus among a lot of legal scholars is that because of the power of social media, that these private companies are literally taking away our opportunity to speak if social media is the de facto platform through which speech is given. So what Justice Thomas is saying here in his Uh, in his concurring opinion with regard to the dismissal of the case against Donald Trump and Twitter. He's saying that even though these companies are privately run companies, that there is an argument that they should be regulated in the same way that utilities are regulated. So what does he mean by that? If you look at the gas company, you look at the electric company, these are private companies, but they're monopolies. They operate as a monopoly. If you get, if you've got gas coming into your house, it's not like you can go pick a different company to, to deliver the gas, natural gas to your house. You've only got one choice. Depending on where you live, 
you can't choose a different provider for your electricity. You've got one choice, and that's Ameren. That's what you've got. If you've got a sewer bill, if you've got a, the, the, uh, the Metropolitan Sewer District, the water that comes out and goes down the sewer, you don't have a choice as to where that goes. That's a monopoly. But those are private companies. And yet, because those companies are monopolies, the government says, we will allow you to operate as a monopoly. However, in order to operate as a monopoly, you have to agree to submit to government control and regulation. So the argument that Justice Thomas is articulating here, I don't think he was the first to articulate it, but he is certainly one of the loudest voices to express this opinion, is along the following lines. If Twitter is de facto the only option that you have for free speech or Facebook or YouTube, these social media outlets, if they are the de facto only opportunity for your expression of your speech, that even though they're private companies, they need to be regulated like monopolies. If that's your only option, then they are in essence a monopoly. And if they are monopolies, then we need to regulate them as a government so that free speech can be preserved. Because right now, free speech does not exist on social media. If you go on social media right now, and post something about you can cure COVID-19 by taking vitamin D and uh, washing your hands with bleach. And that will cure COVID, even though if, it, if you've got COVID symptoms, it'll cure them. Now, hear me, I'm not saying that. But if you posted that on social media and someone flagged it, that post would be removed and you might actually be removed from Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. And you can say, well, Brad, that information's wrong. And in that example, of course it's wrong. But what if you're expressing an opinion like with Major League Baseball moving out of Georgia? If you express an opinion that says, I don't think that Georgia's voter identification law is discriminatory. And if Twitter thinks that it is, you could have that post removed or you could be banned from Twitter. And that's something that's, that's closer to the part where it makes you angry if you say it because it's not necessarily right or wrong. It's your opinion. But if these social media platforms are monopolies, then should they, in fact, be treated as a monopoly? That is Justice Thomas's position. And I think you're going to start seeing more and more of that opinion articulated as we delve more and more into cancel culture when it comes to social media. I interviewed, this was months ago, I interviewed a professor named William Jacobson. He's a law professor at Cornell University. And he expressed the opinion that Black Lives Matter was a communist, a socialist advocating organization. And he, uh, a group of law professors at Cornell University School of Law, tried to get him fired because he said that. Now, what he said was absolutely true. If you look at the, the documents of Black Lives Matter organization, they advocate for communist causes. They advocate for socialism. They're absolutely anti-capitalist organization as a company, as a legal entity. I'm not talking about whether Black Lives Matter in terms of people. I'm talking about the organization. So what Professor Jacobson said was absolutely true. And yet, his professors at the Cornell University School of Law wanted him to be fired 
because he said something that was true but controversial. That's the cancel culture reality of where we are today. And that's why I'm thinking that the courts are going to have to address this question because as we become more and more reliant on social media as the dominant platform for our speech, if private companies are allowed to dictate what you can or cannot say, then effectively free speech no longer exists in America. Oh, sure, you can set up a podcast. You could go on a website that no one's going to see. You could do that. You could get a parlor app where, you know, uh, that may be uh, taking off of Amazon services, which is exactly what happened to the parlor social media app. Amazon didn't like the message, so they just terminated their contract. So these are legal issues. I I know I'm talking about big ideas here, but these are legal issues that will have to be adjudicated as time moves forward because this is not the same country that existed in 1974 or 76 when the predominant way of expressing oneself was protesting in the street. I mean, we're seeing that a lot. But that's not the predominant way of doing it. Now, it's online. And so I'm glad that, that Justice Thomas suggested, hinted at the direction that we may be looking at legally to try to restore a sense of balance to free speech in America. So he kind of gave us a legal roadmap, if you will, on how these types of issues of First Amendment speech restraint will be adjudicated in the courts. You know, another thing that's going to be adjudicated in the courts, we're going to talk about this after the break, but I kind of mentioned it in the last segment. The uh, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. These, uh, these, these folks at the FDA have announced a war on nicotine. And I'll go into the details in just a moment, but you would think that the war on nicotine would be to help people stop smoking. And ostensibly, I think that's the goal of what the FDA is going to be doing. But the result of their actions, apparently they're all checker players over there at the FDA. They can only look one move ahead. They can't play chess and look four or five moves ahead. So they're looking at this, but they're not understanding that the results of their actions will most likely be that people will smoke more cigarettes, not less, which seems counterintuitive. I'll break it all down for you after this break. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker on Overnight America. Stick around. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young in for Ryan Recker this evening. And, uh, you know, when the government does something, don't you kind of expect that that what they're doing should be for the benefit of people? I mean, we don't really want the government to take actions that, that hurt people, do we? Uh, I, I don't think we do. And that's why a lot of times I'm against, I'm against, you know, legalizing these activities that are harmful to you only so you can the government can make tax money off of it. I always think that's a bad idea uh, because the government wants you to do more of something so they can make more tax money on it. And I don't think that's what's at play here, but 
the the Food and Drug Administration uh, under the under the Biden under President Biden, and it just came out uh, this week that they're going to issue new regulations regarding cigarettes. And here's what the Biden administration is considering: they want to issue regulations that would force cigarette manufacturers to decrease the amount of nicotine in cigarettes. Now, the idea has some merit. I mean, I understand the purpose of doing this, right? The nicotine is what causes people to become addicted to cigarettes. And even though nicotine isn't necessarily what causes the problems of cigarettes, that comes from the smoke and the tar and the other things that you inhale to get the nicotine. I'm not a smoker. Uh, my, I, I saw my everyone else in my family and my 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 both of my parents were smokers. Both of my sisters were and are smokers. Uh, I watched uh, actually cigarettes. My mom died of lung cancer at age fifty five. My age right now. My mom was dead because of cigarettes. And uh, but I watched my dad when he stopped smoking and he went through the detox process. Maybe you've seen that or been through that with a family member. Maybe you've been through that detox process from nicotine. It's brutal. And I've had doctors tell me that that uh, nicotine is more addictive than heroin. And, you know, I saw my dad just shrivel up. He was a big, powerful guy. He shriveled up trying to get off of cigarettes. It was crazy. So I understand ostensibly the Biden administration's position that we should reduce the amount of nicotine in cigarettes. But think about what the consequences of that would be. Because if you are a smoker and you want that nicotine fix, if all of a sudden cigarettes have half the amount of nicotine that's in them, what are you going to do? You're going to smoke twice as many cigarettes, aren't you? I mean, that's what you would do. If you're smoking cigarettes to get the nicotine, and people generally, that's why they smoke cigarettes is they want the nicotine. And you can't get it. You used to be able to smoke a pack a day and get the nicotine that you needed. But if there's only half as much nicotine in those cigarettes, you're going to have to start smoking two packs a day now to get the same amount of nicotine. So to me, it seems counterintuitive that while ostensibly the government's trying to help you by reducing the amount of nicotine that's in cigarettes, it could very well have the unintended consequence of making smokers either take more puffs, smoke more cigarettes, inhale more deeply, hold the smoke in longer. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a smoker, so I don't know how that necessarily works, but that would be the unintended consequence of their Actions. So reducing, if you look at it from this perspective, reducing the nicotine content might paradoxically make smoking more dangerous because you're going to have to smoke twice as much. Now, the conspiratorialist, which I am not, I love conspiracy theories, rarely believe them, but I love them because facts are generally not necessary to argue conspiracy theories. Uh, whether we're talking about Bigfoot or UFOs, you know, facts, eh, they're not necessarily, not necessary to the conspiracy theory. But the conspiracy theory on this FDA action is this, that since fewer people are smoking, that the revenue that the states and the federal government get from cigarette taxes 
is going down. And so if we reduce the nicotine under the auspices of saying we're trying to help people, if the result of that is that people actually smoke more cigarettes, then tax revenue goes up. Now, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not perpetuating that, that uh, conspiracy theory because I don't think that's what's going on here. But that, that is a popular conspiracy theory uh, uh, as to why the Biden administration is wanting to do this. Now, what we do see, though, and this kind of leads into a related topic, you know, what we do see is states across the country are rushing to legalize marijuana. And they're really rushing to legalize it for one reason, is they want to tax it. They want to tax the revenue from marijuana sales. It's worked extremely well for Colorado. It's working extremely well for, for Illinois right now. They're making tens of millions of dollars in tax revenue. And Illinois, listen, they're, they're as broke as broke can be. I mean, uh, they make broke people look wealthy over in Illinois. The state does. So they're, they did that, and they're reaping a financial windfall from that. But don't you see, it seems like that the government is causing you to smoke, and they're making money, and so the, the livelihood of the government's revenue is dependent upon you doing something that's potentially harmful to your body. And to me, I just don't think the government should be in the business of encouraging us to do things that are harmful just so they can make more money on it. That, to me, doesn't seem like the proper role of government. I don't, I don't think that it should be. And so that's why I have a problem with this action with the FDA. That's why I have a problem uh, with this position on legalizing marijuana. Now, do I have a problem with medical marijuana? Not at all. Not at all. I have no problem with medical marijuana. Marijuana is a drug, and if you need it, you should use it. And if a doctor writes a script for it, not a problem. But when it comes to whether states should legalize it or not, that's the part of me that makes me go, hmm, do we really want the government dependent on you smoking in order to, for them to get their revenue? You know, much is made of Missouri. In fact, we're hearing this debated right now in Missouri when it comes to the cigarette tax because of whether or not Missouri should raise the cigarette tax or not. We have the lowest cigarette tax in the country. Missouri, the question is, do we want to balance our budget under the auspices of causing people to get lung cancer? And I just don't think that we should. And I don't think that it's a great idea. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker this evening. Thanks for staying up late with us. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have some interviews and more news of the day. So don't go away. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 